0: Hello, my name is Bob Lentz, and you're here at Front Row Church. If you have a Bible with you, wherever you are, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Daniel, and we're going to look at uh, having a faith that makes a difference today. And I believe God has planted a hunger for significance in every human heart. So that means that deep down inside all of us, we all want to know that our life counts for something. I mean, we want to look back over our lifetime and say that we made a difference in this world. Now, some people look for significance in the amount of money that they have or the possessions that they acquire. Others think, well, you know, I can make a difference because I've got great power or maybe a certain amount of fame. But the truth is, the only real difference you can make in this life, a difference that guarantees eternal significance, is the difference that you make when you live a life of faith and and it affects other people's lives. And when I mention living a life of faith, I'm not talking about how often you go to church or how many Bible verses you've memorized or even how much money you give to the church or to other needy causes. When I'm I'm talking about when I mention a life of faith, I'm talking about the kind of faith that transforms your life, and in the process, it changes the destinies of those around you, whether it's your family, your friends, your spouse, uh, your business associates, when your life, when your faith changes others, you've got a faith that's making a difference. Jesus said it like this. He said, if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, then you could say to that mountain, I want you to move from here and go over there, and it would move. Here's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, faith, with faith, there's nothing that's impossible. So the faith that I'm talking about is a key for a life of significance. So the big question for us this morning is, what does this faith look like? How do I know if I've got the kind of faith that's really going to make a difference in this world? Well, what I want to do today is I want us to look at three Jewish guys' lives, three names that uh, you may or may not be familiar with. If you grew up in Sunday school, maybe you've heard their names, but you don't remember what their names really mean. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as we do, we're going to look in the book of Daniel and see what their faith looked like and, and draw certain characteristics from their faith and see how it made a difference in the world. So I'm going to read to you Daniel chapter 3, just about uh, really seven or eight verses, just kind of give you a, a feel for where we're going this morning. The Bible says, King Nebuchadnezzar issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey, they'll be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there were some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you've put in charge of the providence of Babylon, and they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Shadrach said to them, You know, is it true you refuse to worship or to serve my gods or to worship the statue that I've set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you're going to be thrown immediately to the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you then? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save. He will rescue us from your power, Your Majesty. But even if He doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, Your Majesty, we will never, never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Now, since we've kind of jumped into the middle of the story, uh, and you may not be familiar with all the details, let me just kind of give you a quick reminder of what's actually going on. King Nebuchadnezzar, of course, was the king of Babylon, and he was feeling pretty, pretty feisty, pretty good about himself. And so he decided to set up a, a huge golden statue in the middle of the desert. And he required everybody in his nation to come out and worship before it. And so everyone was told if you refused to bow down when the statue was put up and the music started, then you were going to be thrown into the furnace and you'd be burned to death. Now, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down, there were some spies in the land, as there always are, people who are watching you. The king calls the guys in and gives them a second chance, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego still refuse to bow. So he heats up the furnace seven times hotter than normal, and he throws them into the furnace. When the king looks into the furnace, he's expecting to see charcoal bodies, but he's astounded because of what he does see. Not only are the three young men walking around in the furnace, but there's another guy with them now. And even this other guy looks kind of like divine being. So what I want to do this this morning is, is look at what made their kind of faith, the kind of faith that's really worth talking about. It's the kind of faith that you and I ought to have. The first thing about this faith is that it stands in the face of peer pressure. But history tells us there were probably about 300,000 people in the desert that day, all of them bowing down before the golden statue. And since Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these were government officials, and they probably had a very special and prominent place well up front in the crowd. They were supposed to be the leaders. So when the music started, everybody began to bow down. These three young guys, they were very conspicuous because they stood up tall. I imagine... Imagine the peer pressure they felt. Hundreds of thousands of eyes staring at the back of their heads, wondering why they weren't doing what everybody else in the whole nation was doing. You know, it takes a lot of courage to stand up when everybody else is kneeling down. When you look around and it seems like everybody else is bowing before the pressure of our culture, that's the time for you and me to stand up and make our faith known. I want you to notice something about peer pressure. In verse 8, the Bible says that there were some tattletails, there were some spies who went to the king and told on the three young Jewish men. Now, do you realize what that means for you and me? It means when you take a stand for Christ, there will always be people watching what you do and how you do it. See, the crowd wants to know whether your faith is real or not. A lot of people talk about faith, but when The pressure comes, a lot of people fail and fall and kneel. And the only way the crowd can really be sure about your faith is by watching what you do when you face opposition. Now, have you ever wondered what enabled these three young guys to stand up when the entire nation was kneeling down? Surely there were other people in that crowd that day who didn't want to kneel down. I mean, they they did it just because it was the easy way out. Now, what's the difference between Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the rest of the nation? How were they able to stand when everybody else was kneeling? Well, I think I can give you the answer, and it's in one word. It's the word conviction or convictions. If you want to be able to stand when everybody else is falling, you got to have some deeply held convictions. you got to have confidence in what you believe and why you believe it. See, a faith that makes a difference isn't a faith based on what everybody else believes. Now, this faith is the kind that stands up to peer pressure, and this is the kind of faith that's based on a personal experience with God. Earlier in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all seemed to rely on Daniel's great faith. And he had great faith, and he helped them through tough times. But this time, he wasn't there for them to follow. So they didn't have the luxury of waiting to see what Daniel was going to do. They needed to react to their circumstances according to what they actually believed. And since their faith had matured, they were ready to take a stand. So the question is, what about you and me? When everybody else around us is kneeling before the idols of this world, before the culture that's changing radically on a daily basis, what will you and what will I do? Well, this kind of faith also understands the cost. If you're going to make a difference in the world, then you, you better make up your mind. It's going to cost you something. You know, when the king said, if you don't bow before the statue, you're going to be thrown into the furnace, these guys, they knew he wasn't bluffing. Their decision was literally a matter of life or death. Now, some people think today that you can follow Christ without ever paying a price attached to that decision. But I want you to remember what Jesus said to His followers in John chapter 15. He was talking to a group of followers and He said, listen, since the world has persecuted me, it will also persecute you. In other words, standing for Christ, standing for your convictions, it's going to cost you something in this evil world. So you, you've got to count the cost. Many people today have decided that it's just easier to get along, to go along with the crowd, than it is to follow Christ. You know what? It really is. They're right. It's easier. But going along to get along will never produce a faith that makes a difference in this world. These young men knew that to stand when everybody else was kneeling would probably mean their lives, and yet they were willing to do it. They were ready to pay the ultimate price for what they believed. Imagine what would happen in your home or your church or your community, even in your business. What would happen if you were ready to pay the price to follow Christ? You know what I think would happen? Transformation. You'd be changed. Your circumstances would be changed. And even those around you would change because you've decided to pay the price. Third thing we see about this kind of faith, the the faith that really and truly makes a difference in this world is that this faith believes in God's power. If you're going to stand up to someone or something that's infinitely more powerful than you are, then you'd better have, you know, an ace up your sleeve. And these young men, they were defined the most powerful ruler on earth. So how did they do it? Well, they believed in the power of God. In fact, their belief... Shaped their actions and produced a supernatural confidence in face of overwhelming odds. Let me say that again. Their belief shaped their actions. That's always true in your life, in my life. What we believe determines our actions. Now, look at how they answer the king's pretty sarcastic remark at the end of verse 15. When they had already told the king, hey, we're not going to bow, the king looks at them and says, So what God could possibly rescue you now? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all chimed in in unison. They said, the God we serve, He is able to save. Now, do you know how they were able to say that with such confidence? I think there's two reasons. They were confident in their God because they knew God's Word. They knew that in Jeremiah, Jeremiah had written, there's nothing too hard for God. So it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like or how weak you are in comparison to your foes or how many people stand against you. If God is for you. If God is on your side, if God has told you to do this, then victory is guaranteed. The second reason they, were, they had such confidence in God was because they had already experienced his, his faithful deliverance many times over. I mean, they knew that God had delivered the Jews out of bondage to Egypt. They knew that He had supernaturally cared for them while they wandered in the wilderness for over 40 years. They also knew that God had placed them personally in their positions of influence in a foreign government. And they, and He had a purpose for their life. So they, they knew there was no reason to worry. God had proven Himself over many times. And for them, it'd be no different in this situation. So let me ask you, has there ever been a day in your life when God has forgotten to care for you? Has there ever been a time when His power just wasn't sufficient for your situation? The answer is no. There's never been a day like that. A faith that makes a difference in this world is one that knows, believes, and experiences the power of God. The fourth thing about this kind of faith is it's committed to God's will. You know, without a a doubt, the most powerful thing these guys said to the king is found in verse 18. After they made their uh, confident declaration about God's power, they followed it up with this simple little phrase. They said, God is able, He's able to save, but even if He doesn't, we'll never serve your gods. Even if He doesn't, we will never serve your gods. Now, the feel-good religion of our modern culture doesn't like to deal with this verse. They, they love the first part of that verse, the first part of the statement. Yes, God's able to save. We, we want that, we love that, and I do too. But the second part is a little more difficult to handle. So why did they say, we know our God's able to save, but if, if He doesn't, that's okay too? Well, I believe these men understood God's will. See, they were ready to honor His power if He saved them, They were equally ready to honor His sovereignty if He chose to take them home. Either way, their life was supposed to be an instrument of honor for what God was doing in the world. You know, there's a perfect illustration of how this works, this truth, basically. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 11, that's the, the section we call the Hall of Fame for our heroes of our faith. And as you read down through the list of men and women and what they did to honor God with their faith, one thing becomes apparent. Listen to what the Bible says about these heroes. It says, some of them conquered kingdoms and obtained the promises and shut the mouths of lions. While others, hey, they were stoned to death, sawn into, and chained in dungeons. So the conclusion is the same of both lifestyles. They gained God's approval through faith. So for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it didn't matter whether they were thrown in the furnace or not, whether God rescued them or not, they knew their life of faith would honor God. See, real faith isn't based on whether God is going to rescue you in the nick of time. It doesn't take any faith at all to believe that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. Life-changing faith is the kind that's committed to God's will regardless of the personal consequences these three young guys they were ready to die if God's will if that was God's will for their life. So the question for you and I is it's the same. What about you? What about me? What if God's will means changing your lifestyle? What if God's will means giving up something you desperately want? What if God's will means doing something that you've never done before? A faith that makes a difference in this world is one that's willing to pay the price for God's glory. It's not about us. It really is about our relationship with God. Then finally, this kind of faith, this faith that really makes a difference in the world, this faith enjoys God's presence. When the king realized that the, the heroes weren't going to bow down to his authority, uh, he flew into a rage, had, had them bound up, heated up the furnace seven times hotter, and he threw them into the furnace. Now, by all calculations by everything naturally. These guys should have been toast, literally, right? But if you look at verse 25, instead of being these crispy critters, instead of being just blown apart, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were walking around inside the furnace, untied, unscathed, and to make matters even stranger for the king, there was another guy with them. Now, who was this fourth man? Well, The Bible never really says. All we know is this. The king said he looks like a divine being. Other translations say he looked like a son of the gods. How about that? A son of the gods. Most scholars believe that this was probably an appearance of Jesus Christ before he was born in Bethlehem. Maybe the second person of the God who had taken on physical form so that he could be with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, regardless of whether it was Jesus or an angel, the key is this. God made himself known and made his power available to those who were willing to give their lives for him. You know, in the midst of chaos and trauma, people of faith experience God's presence. That may be speaking to you right now. Maybe your life is in chaos or maybe your life is traumatic right now, crazy. If it is, look around, listen Experience God's presence. Now, this chapter begins with Nebuchadnezzar commanding the entire nation to bow down and worship. He had set up this golden idol out in the desert and everyone was supposed to come. That was the beginning of the chapter, but I want you to listen how the chapter ends. Nebuchadnezzar the king is now saying these words, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own God. You know, faith the faith of these three young men changed a nation. Imagine what your faith could do in your home or your church or your business. You know, we need to understand that God has designed us for his glory. He has put us here in order glorify Himself. He wants your life to make a difference. The question is, are you ready for that kind of assignment? Are you willing to take a stand for your faith? Today, God says to you, make a stand. Take a stand. Live a life of faith that really and truly makes a difference in this world. Let's pray about that. Father, thank You for these three young men and their example of how how we might live lives of faith that truly make a difference in this world. God, give us that ability. Give us the strength. Give us the faith to do that. We know it begins with a relationship with Christ, but we know it takes steps of faith after that. Would you give us that power to do it starting today? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.